My name first. Ready? Go. Hi, this is Tina. And this is Mia. And you're listening to Yeah, No, the podcast about starting a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. Oh, that was creepy. That was super creepy. <laughs> I like it how we lock eyes the whole time. <laughs> Even though I can't see your mouth moving. I know, but it helped. I should have done it in harmony. <laughs> Octave lower. I know. That would have been awesome. Uh, so it's our last episode. Yeah. How exciting. We did it. <laughs> I always knew we could. I have faith in us. <laughs> um, what, do you, what have you thought about this season? The season's been great. The season's been exciting. It's yeah. been, we, we, we switched it up a little bit, changed a little bit. We thought a little bit about how it could be different. Right. We talked about some kind of bigger, worldly bigger issues that we came to no resolution about. Concerns. Well, well you know, they're it's all they're big. Talking, talking it through. It's like world peace. Yeah. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> it's a long tail. It's like health care. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a list for you. Okay. But two things. One is what do these four things have in common? Slinky, penicillin, <laughs> chocolate chip cookies, and post-its. They were all side effects of something else. Yeah, they were all mistakes. Yeah. They were chocolate chip cookies meant were? to be. Yeah. What were they a mistake of? The story is that the woman was trying to make a chocolate cookie and she thought that the chocolate, if she broke up the chocolate into chips or bits, that it would, it would melt mm. into the batter. Yeah. But it really Dummy. just made a delicious. <laughs> God, that is like. Wait, what was the, the first one? The Slinky. Oh, the Slinky. Which is what was that obvious. supposed to be? Well, I don't know. It's supposed to be something. The spring. Yeah. I heard. I knew that about penicillin, and I knew it about post-its. Yeah. I think it's the same thing about Velcro too, right? Oh no, Velcro was the cockleburr yeah. story. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, how the cockleburr stuck to the guy's I don't know why dogs. You call them cockleburrs. What else? What do you, what do you call? I don't know, like burrs. I don't know what a cockleburr is. That's my southern roots. <laughs> we call them, co- we call them cockleburrs. So, so what are we talking about today? Today, uh, we're going to end the season on a high note. We're going to talk about mistakes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> mistakes are a good note. I, I mean, they're not a high, well, I mean, a high note is kind of a joke, but um, they're good because it's all the mistakes we're kind of done in the past. Yeah. So it's not like you can really, you know... Um, do anything about them (laughs) making a mistake is something that shouldn't be that big of a deal in some ways but it really is a big deal yeah especially to the people that it happens to i know it's mortifying yeah and because we didn't want to only concentrate on our own because it is so mortifying (laughs) we invited some people to be on because we never make mistakes yeah it's really hard if we you know we're trying to think of them and we're just so perfect (laughs) yeah so how about you oh my favorite favorite story is involves you and so if you remember we were doing a very um really exciting um research project where it involves some technology and again this is years ago so the the breakthrough technology was a watch made by a very wearable a wearable before uh the fitbits and everything so uh it was a very scientific watch that could measure your sleep and we got 
loaners watches and they were like $1,400 a piece, right? Oh, no, they were like $8,000 oh. a piece. Oh, they're a lot more expensive than I remember. Oh, yeah, no, they were insane. I'm downplaying it. Insane. Downplaying it because yeah, of what $1,400 is nothing. Okay. So we go and we are so excited. This big company is going to partner with this other big company that we worked at and we're going to test these watches and some work that we had done um around data visualization of the watch data with with actual patients and so we've got everything lined up we've we've made sure that we've got like 12 watches 12 participants and we get the watches and, and we are securing this deal was a really big deal it was huge it was, it huge. was not a small Sorry. matter and they were going to give us these watches we didn't have to pay for them we just had to give them back right. so they send us the watches we're so excited they came in a big box and each one was individually wrapped do you remember that we mm -hmm. opened it up and we um put it by we had a project manager at the time and uh we put it by her desk and we go home and we're going to start the study we're going to ship out the watches the next day so you and i got up early i remember and we're on our way in you got there before me of course and, <laughs> and i get a text message from you and it's like hey where are the watches and I was like, oh, they're, you know, by so-and-so's desk. So terrible. And you're like, they're not here. Did someone take them home? And God, I thought, were, Or I thought that they had they been were locked, locked up. up. Right. They should have been locked up. Right. Which was. They should have been locked that's, up. That's the because mistake. Because they were $8,000 a piece. And we had 12, we had 12 of them. <laughs> so what is that? So it's basically almost $100,000. Oh, God. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm like racing in because i was like uh i probably me and the project manager were the last ones to look at that box of watches right so we go in and you're in a frenzy right and we're trying to to retrace our steps we left it right by her desk we talked to the we tried to call her because yes. yeah but it was early it was so, early it was yeah. like before 7 a.m yeah. or something and then we we talked to the front desk guy and he was like I don't know. the only people that were here last night were the cleaning people the cleaning people and of course what did they do is they took the boxes thinking they were recyclables and they threw them out so what do we do the detectives that we are. We go down to the the building garbage company. Building garbage man. That's terrible. The, the dumpsters. Dumpsters. And we were like, we've got to go Who find did them. not give a shit about our watches. No way. So we go down there and then they're just like, I don't know why you're down here because every day and this we got a really good lesson in New York sanitation because every day the trash gets picked up first thing in the morning so it's not even eight hours later and the trash gets removed from this building so then we call the sanitation department because we were like maybe it's at some facility right <laughs> lesson number two that garbage that they pick up gets put on a barge <laughs> within 24 hours and gets sent off to i don't know like new jersey or some staten other island staten island and so the guy's like, hey, it's already on a barge. It's gone. You're never going to see the, your, you know, your materials or whatever. We, it, all morning, we were going crazy calling, like, people that we, trying to figure out how could we get on that barge. I know. Right? And we were trying to think, of, we were trying to trace the trash, basically. Yes. Which wasn't working. <laughs> we should have called it. <laughs> we should have called it. And we weren't telling our boss what had happened. Oh, my God. 
We that was so. I had never been as a, as a grown. I was a grown up. I had never been that like scared, or like just that pit pit in your stomach. Yeah. Sweaty. Yeah. Like what the what the hell are we gonna do? Yeah. And what did we do to all of our listeners? It was fine. We <laughs> we fessed up. Our boss. We had a very understanding boss, and I would say a very understanding partner. Yeah. Uh, but we had to pay for the watches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't have to pay for the watches, but our group had to pay for the oh watches. Oh my god! Yeah, when I mean, it scarred us. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and the best part is that <laughs> I was still feeling really bad about it, and I sent Mia a text message, and I was just like, I can't believe that that happened. I think this was like the night, the night in the in night the evening. Yeah, we're like, still like we went out for drinks. Yeah, like it was like a bad situation. And I sent me a text message and she goes, <laughs> and it said, I can't believe that that happened. This was like the worst day of my life. And then you just wrote back, it's okay. It was an accident. <laughs> As if like I peed my pants or something. Like it was like, don't worry. It was an accident. Not a hundred thousand dollars down the drain. Uh, so we're going to call a few friends today. And we're going to see how big their mistakes are. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited to find out. Yeah. So who do we have coming on? We have Maggie Breslin. Who oh, I is, love Maggie. Yes. Maggie is a wonderful, wonderful woman who um, is working in healthcare. She has a nonprofit that, um, called The Patient Revolution. And she does uh, really great stuff about patient advocacy and um, helping doctors and nurses to understand patients better. Yep. Very inspiring. Who else? We have Madi Nakano, who actually she spent many years working at the innovation group at UNICEF. Um, But recently, I think she might have changed a job. So we will find out. Maybe a mistake. Yeah. And then we have Luke Johnson, who is uh, actually working at Riot Games in out in L.A. He's waking up super early to talk to us, and um, he's been working there for a couple of years, and we're going to learn about his mistakes. So let's give him a call. Okay. There he goes. Is he going to call us from his car? Hello? Hi, Luke. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you in your car? Yes, I'm in my car. Oh my god! Of course, we were just speculating. Yeah, no, I um, everyone's asleep at the house, so. Oh, you're just sitting wife. in your car? Yeah, I'm just sitting in my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, L.A. Well, Luke, we're really excited to have you on. Yes, we can't wait to hear your mistake. My mistake was running. Uh, the New York City Marathon without preparing for it. And I was a senior in college. I just up and decided that I was going to run the New York City Marathon. And I, and, I, and I trained as much as I thought was appropriate at the time, which was basically I trained for half of it. You trained for 13 yeah. miles? Yes. Sure. And I figured that just like um, adrenaline or something, you know, I was decent shape, like was going to carry the day. I overestimated it, and probably one of the first signs that I that I knew that was that all my friends in college were taking bets on when I drop out. I actually didn't 
think it was a mistake at, at the time, but I knew halfway through that it was. So at about 13 for, miles where you realized that you had only trained for 13 miles. <laughs> I've never run 14 miles before. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't register for the marathon. I was going to grill it. What? Oh, great. Yeah. So wow, there's so much optimism in this. There's a lot of first ego part of this story. <laughs> so I grilled the race, and so we got to the, the to what we thought was the start of the race at the time, and the police were like, "Oh, actually, it's across the Verrazano Bridge." So I could not start at the beginning of the race. I had to start a mile into it. Not only did you decide that you were going to, but you were only running 25 miles. Thanks, Dina. Um, <laughs> I just want our listeners to be clear. I start I start one mile in. My buddy strapped a $20 bill to my wrist because he's convinced that I'm going to have to take a taxi. So I get, I get to the halfway mark where I'm supposed to meet my buddy, and I am 45 minutes in front of where, where I thought I would be. I am killing the race. And in fact, I'm doing so well. I I think, you know, I'm going to qualify for Boston. Four miles later, I hit the wall. Right. And it was bad. I had to start, I had to start walking. And there was a, uh, there was a bum that was pushing a cart. And he goes, hey, man, if I can push this cart, you can certainly run. Ah, the taunting. I, I pushed through and um, the time that I had met, you know, gotten for like half the marathon, it took me double to finish it. And when I say finish it, that actually didn't happen either because, you know, this by this time I'm like walking half of it, running when I can, and then when you get to the final thing, you, everyone's cheering, so you're like, I'm going to run. So I'm running towards the finish line and security pulls me out. The police were like, you're not registered. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> you got nailed. Got um, nailed right before the finish line. I could see it, and I remember the person who pulled me out. I I thanked them. Uh, Amazing. So, Luke, what did you learn from your mistake? You know, it's a great story. I had a great time. I only got minorly injured, but I I disrespected the race. I would never do that again. I remember Nike had all these billboards that were up, and they said, "The end is near." ominous when you're running a marathon it certainly doesn't feel that way well luke we love your story thank you for sharing remember that the hubris in this is that the first person that ran a marathon died exactly exactly hello hey maggie hey maggie hi how's it going good 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 thanks for being on we're excited to have you what kind of mistakes have you made, Maggie? <laughs> Many. Um, but the one that came to mind, uh, kind of first of all, was actually from my previous life. So before I started working in healthcare, uh, I worked in film and television. And oh, one of my did? first I didn't jobs, know that. I was really kind of a jack of all trades person at this really tiny, essentially two or three person motion graphics and animation house. I learned a ton there, um, and it was a lot of on-the-job training. And so, but for this particular show, Open, was uh, an animated piece. And so essentially what they hired us to do was to do the show Open, and what we had done is we kind of built this fly-through background 
mm-hmm. of this environment. And then the animation company that we were working with, they had agreed to have their animators actually draw some um, some of the characters doing stuff in this environment for the show open. And I don't remember now exactly where this I kind of screwed up, but in some part of transferring that, I screwed up. As soon as we kind of got the we got the animations back where you have a little bit of a nagging sense of like, oh wait, did Something's I wrong. did I screw this up? Uh-huh. And then um but you're kinda of hoping like, oh well maybe if I didn't or it won't be that noticeable. Man- magic, or, magic will happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then somebody comes and says like, these don't really seem like they're lining up and and then you're, and then all of a sudden the mistake is like very clear in your mind. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the sinking feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I was young and I remember uh, thinking that I owned up to the mistake and I said, I, I screwed this up and, um, you know, and I would have done anything to fix it, but I couldn't really. And I remember I can still sort of tap into like going back to my apartment and sitting in this sitting in my living room and just feeling like the world was the world was over and that there was you know the, my career such as it was <laughs> was, uh, was ruined and that I would never you know never be able to come back from this I would just never kind of get over it uh, and uh, and my bosses were pretty great about it and it was fine like <laughs> the, I don't think the client ever knew about it things kind of take on a they take on a weight in your mind that then they don't actually end up having in the world. Did you so, think that, did you think for a second to not say that you did anything? That like it was the, you? The, yeah. It, again, we were so tiny and I was, <laughs> I did so many of these things that I, my recollection is that once we realized it was a problem, I mean, I, I it would have been hard for me not to come clean. That yeah. was my fault because I was kind of the only one who was doing it. So I, I don't think I tried to do that. I, I do remember the moment where it dawned on me that I had potentially screwed it up and likely screwed it up before it had become known to everyone else. And I, I didn't immediately say anything then in yeah. the hope that maybe it would, it would it be would, either wouldn't manifest or it wouldn't be that noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. And that did not prove to be. <laughs> why do you think it left such an imprint? Like, why do you think for you, it's kind of the, one of the big things that you remember? I think because it was a real mistake. It should have been done this way. And I did it this the wrong way. But they were really gracious about it. It was a big deal. It was a really big deal that I had kind of screwed it up. But they didn't just sort of scream and yell at me. And that I did have this sense that everything was over now. And then when it wasn't, when I kind of came back from that, and then I went on to my next job, and then the next job after that. And it was just a reminder that even the things that seem like the end of the world aren't the end of the world. Do you think that Maggie's show was ALF? <laughs> because... Hey. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> Good morning. Hey. What's up, you guys? So, Maddie, so, tell us about your favorite mistake. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
I I knew this girl. I'm not going to name her name because if she ever hears this, is so embarrassing. But for <laughs> like for like over a year, I had this friend who um, I thought was half Japanese and half Chinese, and um, I was part of this like Asian Pacific Islander like you know activist group, and we were all part of it. So we saw each other all the time. And then graduation comes around. You know, she comes to my graduation because she was like a year younger than me. And then I was like, oh, let's have a let's have a photo with all the Japanese Americans. And then I was like to her, no, name will not be said. I was like, come over here. Let's take a let's take a J Japanese American photo. And she looks at me. She goes, I'm not Japanese. I'm full Chinese. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, we're like a whole year. Plus, I just thought she was part Japanese. And then I totally embarrassed myself. That was some racial stuff. So. <laughs> So I'm pretty embarrassed about that, especially being in a like very conscious activist organization with her. I had no idea. I think she was really confused, if anything, and I tried to brush it off really fast so she didn't notice. Yeah, I remember it because I just was like, ah, you know, I can't believe I totally all all my life's been about, you know, is just not stereotyping people. You know, and not being stereotyped for being Asian, you know, and, and now I'm totally just like, <laughs> I've just assumed this about you for so long. But it was hard coming up with a mistake. I had to think really hard. We were. Why was it so hard, do you think, to think of a mistake? I think it's about time. Like, yeah. I think when, when you make mistakes, I think there's a point where somewhere in your brain, you figured out the solution like as time goes by like what would I have done better or could it have been worse and you know so you kind of start letting it just being like that's either just a fun memory and not a mistake it's just a story now so it's not bad or you just have salt resolved it somehow since then I think I think it's a little bit of that. That's why it's hard to be like, is that a mistake or was that just a moment in my life like everything else, you know? I read this thing in our favorite magazine on this podcast, Psychology Today. It was saying that the period between age 12 and 22 is the time that that mistakes are most impactful. And as there's some kind of brain science behind, you know, the development of the brain at that point and yeah. what you need, like you're getting these sensory receptors that a mistake is bad and how to uh, yeah. rectify it. And I would have to say, like, after talking to some of the people today, a lot of these stories are they hit that. That range. Time. Yeah. We, went, we went way back, way back. Well, Mari, we really yeah. appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us and telling us about your, your mistake. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> I mean, I think that there is a, a category of being green and not knowing what to do in a situation that yeah. causes mistakes. Well, and I also I also think m- mistakes are worse when you have a I don't want to say delusion, but you have a certain opinion about yourself, right? So with Luke, for example, he thought that he was a good runner. Right. And with Mari, she thought that she was equality for Asians, you know? And then when you yourself make that mistake, it's even more, it's just... Yeah, the inflated uh, confidence. Yeah. 
And uh, it's true. You when you go into something, and it can in it it happens in life, and it happens in your career, right? Um, you go in thinking, oh, I'm very confident I can do this, and then you make kind of the silliest, dumbest mistake. That I think that those are the ones that kind of stick with you. Yeah. So there's a quote about the dis- differences between mistakes and failures. A mistake is when you do something wrong, even though you knew the right way to do it. Failure is when you're trying something new and you don't know ahead of time how to make it successful. Mm. We always hear this a lot, I think, from people. It's like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so you don't know the question that you're supposed to ask until somebody tells you that you're supposed to ask it. Then you're like, oh, I didn't realize I should probably ask that question. You know? But there is a good way and a bad way. And I think one of the best examples of this is the example from our intern, Geneve, who told us the story about how somebody she knew called her the, the, the wrong name. Right. No, no. She was calling somebody else the wrong oh, name. Oh, she was calling someone else the wrong yes. name. I have to say with a name like Mia, spelled M-I-Y-A, and the last name Osaki, I can't tell you how many times I've had to correct people. And I, this is where I, I, I kind of feel like so many people confidently to the point of I don't even correct people anymore. <laughs> just be like, hey, Maya, Maya, I Maya, know. you know, and they don't even like go like, I might be pronouncing this wrong, but Maya, it's like <laughs> they go in with so much confidence that I'm just like, screw it. It's not it's not worth interrupting this whole conference call <laughs> to correct my name. I know you have a lot Sometimes of patience you do for, it for me. I do. Very nice. I have very little patience for it. But I mean, the thing, the problem is, is that that mistakes has probably been something that has lasted your whole entire life. Yeah. And for me, it's only been the duration of the time that I've known you. <laughs> and very rarely do people mispronounce my name. And so, and so for me, I feel like I'm doing a justice to the world and being like, <laughs> it's you. not Maya, it's I Mia. Know. You know. I know. One time, you told me that it's the. It's the eye that throws people off. And I'm just like, I don't understand. It's just a regular eye. It's not like <laughs> your eye is pronounced in a really weird way. You know, it's like it's pretty phonetic. And your last name is pretty phonetic. Like there's no other way. I know. I have to do stupid things like be like, it's like do re mi. <laughs> Mia. I know. It's That's... like me and you, but me and ya. Ridiculous. I like me and ya. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. You should just add an H to the end of it and then you could be that's why we have yeah no. And uh, then uh, mine'll be Tino. <laughs> and you're gonna be me yeah. Oh that'd be good. That's yeah so no. Good. This is really good. So. so more mistakes to come. Yeah. Um but stay tuned season three. Season three. It's so oh crazy. Bye bye season two. Can't believe that this is Just done. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, but we had a great time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, stay posted to our website, yeahnopodcast.com, Y-A-H-N-O podcast, or on Instagram. Yeah, no podcast, IG handle. Tell your friends to listen and subscribe. Leave a review so that we know how to shape season three. Yeah, no, was recorded at Figure Eight Studios with Michael P. Coleman. Music was written, produced, and performed by Chessmith. Yeah, no, is edited by Elizabeth Audley. And we will see you next season. We'll see you next season. Woo-hoo. Bye.